This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Loud Spot. I'm your host, Sebastian, on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Today's guest is actor, writer, and producer, Larry Hankin. Let's go. Before we get the show started, I do want to remind everybody to please subscribe to our YouTube channel and check us out on every podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us. All right, Lair, you've been an actor, writer, producer, so much more, man. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing fine so far. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, the sun is out. Uh, I, I've been out already. It's not too cold. I don't understand. Well, I mean, I do understand it's the climate change. But, I mean, California is like supposedly sunny California. Yeah, it is, but it's freezing. I don't – you know, I mean, well, not, not here, not now. I'm not ready for this. Depends on what part of California you live. I'm originally from Southern California – or Northern yeah. California. Southern California is typically – it doesn't really get too hot, I wouldn't say, but it, the weather's normally pretty nice. It should, be, it should be warm. I don't care. It doesn't have to be hot. Just not cold. It's freezing out there. You in the it's, L.A. area? It's less than 60 degrees. That, to me, is freezing. <laughs> What I'll, before we get the show, before we get into the questions, I do want to play a clip of the pilot episode on Seinfeld where you played Kramer, you got Kramer's role, and this is after the fact that George thinks that you stole a box of raisins and you're getting annoyed with him. Um, while, while I guess it's while it's filming the episode of the Seinfeld on Seinfeld, so let's play that clip right now. Here we go. Do you remember when you came in to audition for us? Yeah. There was a box of raisins on the coffee. <laughs> Did you, by any chance, take them with you when you left? What are you talking about? Well, we were all eating the raisins. And I remember you, you were uh, eating some of the raisins. And then you left, and the raisins were gone. And I was just wondering if, you know, <laughs> maybe you took them with you. Are you accusing me of stealing the raisins? Oh, no, no, Now, no, why no, would I, I steal a box of raisins? No, you wouldn't. Nobody would, you know. It's just that uh, they were missing, and, uh, well, I'm just inquiring. Let me give you a word of advice, okay? I want you to stay away from me. I don't want to talk to you, and I don't want to hear any more of your stupid little notes and suggestions. I don't like you. So if you got any other problems, whether it's raisins, prunes, figs, or any other dried fruit, <laughs> just keep it to yourself and stay out of my way, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't think we're going to have any problem with that. <laughs> Good talking to you, Tom. Really. All right. So I watched, I watched that, and I was wondering, when you're doing shows... Do you ever ad-lib when you said prunes, figs? Was that something that you had to memorize those, or were you allowed to kind of ad-lib? Is there any ad-libbing allowed? Well, I didn't ad-lib any of that. Uh, I don't I don't like to ad-lib, uh, I, so I don't. I mean, if I have, if I have to, I, I will. But I, I like when it's... When it's written down and I can memorize it. I have dyslexia, so it's hard for me oh. to memorize lines. But I do. You know, I mean, it, it just takes me a longer time than normal people. <laughs> normal people. Uh, so, um, uh, yeah. but I, and, and also, I probably, Larry David, who writes most of the shows, I guess, with Jerry, I don't think he would appreciate um, <laughs> You know, ad living because uh, improvising, as we call it in the business, right. uh, because he writes such great dialogue that I, I, it doesn't occur to me, it wouldn't occur to me, it didn't occur to me to improvise anything that Larry David writes. He, he he's pretty good. Now, in his show, uh, you know, the new one, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, it's mm -hmm. all improv. 
But then he doesn't write it. He just writes down little things on a piece of paper because I auditioned for the show. And they gave me a little piece of paper. I said, you do the dance coming out of the elevator where, you know, two people try to get around one another. Right. But, so that was all. And we had, I had to improvise it, which, which I did. But that, I was instructed to, and there was no words. But if he wrote it, I'd read it. I'd say it. Is it hard not to laugh when you're on someone's? Do you have you've had some serious roles also, like in Breaking Bad? But a lot of stuff you've done with Friends and Seinfeld. A lot, a lot of it's kind of comedy based episodes. How hard is it not to? Or I guess people probably do laugh when you're when you're in the middle of saying something. You forget your lines. Is it pretty? Is it pretty laid back on sets like that where, where it's a comedy type based episode? Well, you know. It's really hard to say because each show is totally different. It's just as different as you're meeting one person and then you meet another person. I mean, you, there's no rule about, but as far as me personally, I find nothing funny. <laughs> so it, it doesn't matter what you say or what I say. Uh, it's very hard to make me laugh. I, I, I see no humor in, I see no humor in the world. I mean, basically what we're talking about is, you know, hey, that's funny, that's funny. Well, in that context, all I see is stupidity. That's all. Well, hold on. So you you mean so you don't ever watch like a comedy show and laugh because because even 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 when you're acting, your character is kind of a dry character. Whether you're playing a comedy role or a serious role, you kind of have that dry right. um, sound to yourself. So I, that, that's just your natural personality, then. So you don't find comedy funny. You don't ever laugh out loud going to a. No, I mean I, I recognize it that 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 is stupid. You know, if you're trying to make me laugh or you're a comedian, you're a stand-up comedian. Yeah, sometimes I stand a comedian because I used to be one and I, I enjoy that kind of presentation of context. I don't know, you know, facts, whatever, uh, monologue. But I enjoy that, a stand-up comedian. So I'll, you know, ha, ha, ha. But that's about it. You know, I mean, I, 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 my life is, I've been a funny guy ever since I was born. So, I mean, there's just so much laughing that one person has within one's lifetime. And I think I've used it up. I, I just, you know, it's, uh, I, I understand the comedy. Uh, you know, if you, if you say something funny, blah, 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 or if we're talking, yeah. And, and it just comes out of a conversation where, there's no planning to it. We're just talking and, and it turns funny. Yeah, I, I laugh because it's instantaneous and it's I'm unprepared for it. We're not supposed to be laughing. You say something, it's funny, I laugh. But but presentation of humor, like sitcoms, mm -hmm. episodics and stuff like that. I mean, I've seen it. I, I, I think I've seen it all. Of course, I haven't seen it all. But I think I do. I believe I do, you know. And so... Yeah, that's funny. And I'll register it in my head as, wow, that's funny. You know, but that's what I do. I register it as, wow, that's funny. Because I try to write it and do it. So I, I immediately break it down into this part. How did he do that? You know, what was the, oh, what was the setup? What was the, yeah, the way he set that up and then he, he paid it off. That's funny. But not to me. I mean, what you're talking about is, does it make me laugh? That's right. what you're asking. Right, right. Not very much, but I do understand and appreciate comedy. Yeah. Would you, would you say that because you've been doing comedy, I guess you started, what, in the 60s doing stand-up comedy, and we'll talk about that here in a second, but yeah. because you've done so much and, and seen so much and heard so many different things, you know it's scripted and, and things like that. Does it take away the element of surprise or, or makes you feel like it's not as funny because you know the work that went into it? Does that like, does that ruin comedy if you're in the industry? Does it ruin comedy? Mm -hmm. No. doesn't ruin comedy. It just changes the way I perceive and process it. Uh, but but in other words, okay, I, I 
if, if you and me are watching the same thing, you and I are watching the <laughs> that's same. Right, that's right. Yeah. If you, you and I are watching the same comedy thing, or episode, a stand up, whatever, and somebody and the person or the, the, the show does something funny and you laugh. Ha <laughs> ha. Wow. Wow. And I don't. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that I didn't get it or don't appreciate it as much as you. It's just my reaction to it is different. But my perception of, wow, that's really funny. Wow, it, it made Sebastian laugh. And it made me think that's really funny. So I get it just like you do. Right. I just don't react like you do because I've left myself out. I mean, there's, you know, I mean, you know, but if it happens spontaneously, but, but like, well, to, to address your question, you mm-hmm. know, because I'm in the industry, mm-hmm. no, it just changes the way I, pers- I, I react to it. That's what the change is. I'm in the industry. I write it. I'm all around it. I, I hang around with funny people. I like to be with funny people because of the way that I perceive reality because the way they receive reality perceive reality Mm. Uh, i like that way of thinking you know like engineers might like to hang around engineers because of the way they perceive you know cars or 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 reality in a mechanical way and i look at it in a funny way i'm attracted i'm drawn to stupidity i mean the way the way it should work and the way it doesn't work that that those two ironies, when they come together, that's funny to me. Yeah, I come see. I break it down. I I just do it automatically. I just you take two things that are not funny, but every once in a while, if you you know, with uh, emotional mm-hmm. process, you put them together, and the irony makes you laugh. The oh, I never looked at it that way. That you. You know, politics is full of that. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do, you, do, you, do you still do stand-up comedy? I want to go back to it because I love it. Has your, stand-up cha- has your stand-up changed from when you first started doing comedy? And, and, and if you're going to go on stage, let's say, next week, has your, has your writing – obviously, I guess you would probably evolve uh, and change, but is your humor still the same as it was when you first started? Yeah, it's just, you know, it goes to another level because I know more about the subjects now when I was like 20. Uh, but, but the way I do comedy and the way I write it or the stand up or act it or whatever is the exact same thing as when I first got my first laugh, you know, on stage. Mm-hmm. It was the way I perceive the way I perceive reality and the way I then D, what is it called? D, you know, break it down into its parts and then put it back together again to to show it to you as a presentation of stand-up comedy. Right. Uh, The difference is when I started out in college, I was was funny all my life, Mm. but it was because I told jokes. In other words, that to me was funny. And in public school and high school, I read joke books. You know, jokes like, like, uh, you know, Playboy had a joke page, you know, and they also had the centerfold. Well, uh, I, yeah, always, I, you know, I don't think I've ever read a Playboy magazine. I think well, I've it's before your time. It's before your time. But um, I can't well, hear you. Sam. What is Sam doing here? I don't know. That's because Sebastian was too busy looking at at the Playboy it's instead of actually reading it. I'm looking at the centerfolds, not reading the articles. Yeah. Okay. So, so, um, uh, Sam is welcome to the show. <laughs> he does. He does. He does. So, um, no, the, in other words, it's t- two things happen. I see something that I think that's odd, that's funny, that's weird, that, that's strange, that's something that I would like to talk about on the stage. You mm-hmm. know, like, okay, podcasts. I'm going to talk about podcasts because they're interesting. Okay. So I get up on the stage, but then I break it down. Like, okay. What's the, uh, and I have nothing in mind now, but I mean, like I would, uh, because it's, it's okay. There's nothing weird or strange or I'm doing a podcast, but if I see something that's odd or ironic or something in life, 
then I'll find something that I can put it next to so that so that the oddness is magnified. I guess okay. that's what I'm saying. It has to be compared to something. And also, the viewer has to understand the, what I'm talking about. In other words, if I go to Israel or if I go to uh, Yugoslavia, I might not get the same reactions because they don't have the same point of view to reality mm. that I do in America. They might, you know, if I make... That's true. Like, That's yeah, true because so. people in different countries have different perceptions of things and one joke might work here and one joke might not work there. Right. Same so goes with different states too, though. You can make a joke in California exactly. and well, a joke in Kansas may not work out as good. Well, I used to run into that when I was doing stand-up because mm. I was opening, I used to open for Woody Allen and, right. uh, and that was great because I was starting out so I would just do kind of white bread humor, you know, just, just don't insult anybody. Don't don't curse. Don't do drug humor. That's not do fun. Clean stuff. That's not fun. You want, uh, you want to do all the dirty jokes and the and the well, drug no, jokes. no, but 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 no. In the beginning, I needed somebody to get customers in the door. Nobody the guidance, the guidance to to get your way in there, right? So I, you know, I opened for Woody Allen. So he has a big crowd. Now in the beginning, when I had just had beginner's humor, I didn't think too much about stuff. So uh, the stuff that I thought about was on this level and everybody got it, you know, just ordinary, normal humor. And Woody had this weird twist to reality. So, Okay, they came to see Woody, but they'll laugh at me. But then as I started to grow and started to watch Lenny Bruce and uh, Bill Burr and Joe Coy and Richie Pryor and George Carlin, I started to think about outside the box and what about drugs and what about the law and what about politics and what about other things. And then I stopped getting laughs with Woody's comedy. And I had to leave opening for Woody because they weren't my audience. I had to find my own audience so I could keep on doing what I wanted to do. And they got it. So it doesn't even have to be states or countries. It could be audiences that are different. If, well, and that makes sense. So let's say you're opening up for Woody Allen. Let's say you're opening up for Bill Burr, whoever, whoever, yeah. if you're the opening act, you're opening up for them. Yeah. Are there jokes that you would leave out of? No, I never uh, left anything no. out. You never, you never edited what you were saying, depending on who was the headliner that night. No, not really. I, I, I prefer to get pulled off the stage by cops. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> I, I don't change anything. I mean, one time in Northwestern and Washington University, I did a tour with the Love and Spoonful, so I was the opening act. So when we got to Washington University. They booed me off the stage and called the police and the police, 20 police came and pulled me off the stage. Well, they didn't pull me off the stage. They came on the stage and say, do you want me to, do you want us to pull you off the stage or do you want to walk off the stage yourself? And I said, ah, I'll walk off with you. You know, you don't have to pull me off. What did they pull you off for? With drug, drug jokes? Or- I, I, I was going to, I was going to talk about and say the word. I never got to it. Penis. Um, what was, um, God, I said, okay, I was getting laughs. I was doing clean material and, you know, everybody's fine. It was, you know, an arena show, the love and spoonful. And I said, okay, cause I was getting good laughs. And I said, okay, let's talk about God now. And all of a sudden, man, I could feel about 20,000 sphincters snapshot and, uh, everybody just quieted down. Just like the audience went dead, and I thought, wow, man, what was that all about? Or what is this all about? Mm-hmm. And I, so I better kept on talking. I said, okay, so we're going to talk about God now. Something happened. Audience changed. Mm-hmm. And I go, okay. So, and then I said, I'm God. And I had a microphone, and I said, I, so I got this little guy, and I put him on the top of the microphone. And I said, okay, hey, guy, I'm God. And, um, Okay, so we're going to talk a little. Where's your clothes? You don't have any clothes on. 
Um, what's that between your legs? That's when the cops showed up. So I never said penis. But I said, what's that between your legs? And the audience started to boo. Boo, boo, boo. And I said, what are you booing about? I didn't even say anything bad. And then they started to yell even louder. Boo. These are college kids. Boo, boo. Don't. And then they started yelling, the clean stuff, the clean stuff. Do the clean stuff. So I started to talk. So I, dro- I just dropped the farce of being a stand-up comedian. And I was yeah. just a guy standing on the stage. And I started hollering at them. At these, you know, about this. I said, what are you booing about? You're a ste- you're a college crowd. You should be into this stuff. What happened to sex, drugs, and rock and roll? What the hell is wrong with you people? And they shut up. And they listened to me. And they said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue now. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And I said, okay, we got the little guy. And on the thing, what's that between your legs? And boom, they just, it was a riot. So they started to pull off the um, the 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 armrests on the ch- on the chairs. It was an old auditorium. And they started to pull off the armrests and throw them at me. Oh my god! You know, I mean, yeah, the whole first and second row. And it, get off the stage! Get off the stage! And the first time when I just said God, the now I found that th- this later. But the first time that I said, okay, now we're going to talk about God. And that quiet, when it went down quiet, everybody mm-hmm. shut up. The dean of the college of Washington University was standing in the back, you know, to see the show, see Love and Spoonful, whatever. And he called the cops right then. He said, we're going to talk about God now. So it was religion that I couldn't talk about. So oh. he called, well, but the other stuff too. Right, but it, right, in right. other words, it was just not my audience or not, the dean's audience, not not the dean wasn't my audience. Right. So the dean <clears throat> called the cops right then. He said, "Get the cops down here." It's a, and and I, I heard this. This was given to me. This is verbatim what he said. There's a a filthy mouthed comedian on the stage. That's what the, he told the cops. So the cops showed up. Now by the time he hung up. What, what, what are you going to... Well, I, I don't there. know why they would call the cops instead of just leaving the show and then coming back when you were off stage. It doesn't make sense. I guess maybe... Back why, the wait, so wait, 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 wait. Stop, stop. Say that again. Well, I, don't I, get it. I don't know why they would call the police on you instead of just leaving the show and then coming back when you were not on stage anymore. I don't know why they would call the police if there's a filthy mouth comedian. That's no reason to call the cops, I wouldn't think. Oh, you wouldn't think. I wouldn't think so. Yeah, no. Oh, who the fuck are you? Oh, okay, that's true. But I, I would think it's stupid. I would that's think stupid. It's stupid. Hey, welcome to my world. You, 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 you see what I'm dealing with? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you see? And I, I no, I can't. I'm like you. What the fuck is going on, man? Yeah. But and when I. Hollered at the I literally said, "What is going on? You are college students. You're supposed to be sex, drugs, and rock and roll." I confronted them on the stage, two thousand, you know, five thousand, whatever it was, and and they shut up and listened to me like good college students. They listened to me. They didn't boo. They, but one and then I stopped. And I said, "Okay," and everything was quiet. I said, "Now I'm going to continue." Now I'm God and boo, boo, boo. And it was a riot. And that's what the Love and Spoonful wanted because they kept on saying, talk about God more. They were hollering from the, because they wanted to riot, you know, the public, right, right, right. you know, sex drugs. But, but you are right. See, but w- what your question does and where you and I split is instead of saying, what the fuck is going on? I go, I'm going to talk about this at the next show. This mm-hmm. is comedy material. Right, right, right. So I did. That's what I did. And the next show, Northwestern, I talked about what I just went through. And that became a hunk, became a, a bit. So uh, I, don't, I don't throw out stupidity. I use stupidity. Whereas you would like say, hey, why don't you just get the fuck out? You know, you don't have to listen to me. There's two different ways. Uh, you know, I say, okay, I'll shut up now and I'll use it tomorrow. Yeah. But, you know, I don't, yeah. 
That's pr- and that's that's probably pretty smart. I want to go into your act. I want to go into your acting. Uh, you've been acting for a long time. Done. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think we looked it up. Over 150 films, TV shows, things Easy. like that. What was your? Is there? Has there ever been a role that you turned down? That oh, you lots later of on that maybe you should not have turned that. Oh down? no, no, I never, never. did that. And I never second guessed myself. No. Okay. I turned down a lot of shows for a lot of reasons. Sometimes I turned down a show because it was too stupid or silly or not my humor. I, or I, you know, I don't want to do this. Or maybe uh, it was just, uh, I had to do something that I didn't want to do. You know, I jump off a cliff. Or do, I, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, whatever. But it was just something didn't, didn't appeal to me. You know, I, I mean, you got to have, uh, when I first started in show business, I didn't turn down anything, man. I just needed the money. I needed the jobs. You know, you don't turn down, you know, part-time jobs, which is what acting is. Yeah. It's part-time work. Um, so, yeah, you need another job to have that job. So uh, I didn't never turn down anything. And then one day my agent called. He said, I got another job for you. I go, okay, what is it? I was getting tired of saying yes all the time. But I thought that you had to do that. For some reason in my mind, I guess my upbringing, if you turned down something, it would make people mad and they wouldn't like you and you would be out of the business. That's Yeah, and and, and I guess when you first start, I want to talk, we're going to take a little quick uh, sponsored break and then we'll be right back. And I want to talk about acting and turning down roles, especially when you first start. So here's our sponsored ad and we'll be right back. All right, and we are back. Sam's joining us on the second half of this episode. And what I was going to ask you before we took that sponsored break was, is it harder to turn down roles when you first start acting because you want as many roles as you can get to get recognition? But is it easier then to turn them down after you feel like you've you've accomplished enough to be able to No, I was instructed. I I, I was brought up as as a very... uh, um, well-mannered, good child. So I had a, I had a burden. I believe it. I know. I believe it. Yeah. I be, he looks like a well-mannered. He seems like he's always been well-mannered and mild-mannered his whole entire life. No, I well, think he's no. been messing with you this whole entire time. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. Uh, but uh, when I got into uh, uh, um, Greenwich Village, I graduated college. So I was good until I graduated college. Then, then I said, okay, I fulfilled my obligation to my parents. It's over, mom and dad. You are just two people who raised me. <laughs> Thank oh. you. I love you. Goodbye. And I just went out into the world, and I never looked back. Uh, and much to the consternation of my parents, I'm sorry to say now, they passed a long time ago, but I just... I couldn't take it anymore. This goodness, yeah. this this righteousness. So, um, okay. So, turning down jobs, um, my an agent called me and said I got another job, and I, I was about up to here with this goodness of being good to the industry. You know, trying to not curse in the wrong place, or you know, blah blah blah. So, uh, he said, I said, well. I said, what do I have to do for this job, this new acting job? And he said, well, you know, blah, 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 and you got a best costume and stuff. And I go, oh, man, I just don't want to do this anymore. I mean, I, that's what I said to him. And he he said, well, then, then don't do it. I said, well, but I have to, don't I? He said, what do you mean? And I said, well, if I turn it down, they won't hire me again. I said, what are you, crazy, he says. He said, that, that, that's not how Hollywood works, that. No, you can turn down anything you want. And then he said something that I remembered the rest of my life. And he said, Larry, you got to have a no, man. You got to be able to turn down shit. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah, that's how naive I was. And he goes, yes, that you want to do this job or not. And I said, and oh, and then, no, before he said that, he said, I'll tell you what, turn down this job, give me a no. And when you hang up, you're going to feel a lot different and a lot better. Okay? And I go, okay. And he says, now, do you want to do the job or not? 
And I go, no. And he says, okay, I'm going to tell you, tell him that you don't want to do the job. Thank you. Click. And I thought, yeah. <laughs> okay. Done and done. And I never looked back on that. So yeah, I, I, I don't think about it. I either like, I like the job and I want to do it or I don't like the job and I don't want to do it. I mean, it's just very simple. There's no other thing. It's, it's, I, and I don't know. I'm not an actor and I suck at acting. Even if I tried to act, I'd be horrible. At it acting. has nothing to do with liking it or not. Do you want to be a podcaster or not? Well, yeah, well, I just talk to people naturally. So it's a little bit different. I don't, it's, it's not whether I want to be. I, if I'm not podcasting, I'm talking to strangers anyway. So I might as well do it on film. You know? Okay. Okay. But if you, yeah. if you talk to a stranger and he punches you, do you want to talk to him anymore? Depends. Yeah, he probably will. Depends. He probably will. He might have had a bad yeah, day. I don't will. know. Probably. Okay, but uh, is there anybody that you don't want to talk to? Is there anything that you don't want to do? I don't ever. I, yes, yes, there. Okay, are. then that's <laughs> yes. that's it. Don't you know? Don't say, "Well, I'm. I've never been an actor. I would never tell." Yeah, because you're not an actor. Because yeah. you don't want to be an actor. In front, <laughs> I fooled myself into thinking, "Yeah, that's a cool job." And then once now, I did this uh, it, did this job kind of come from the uh, did this this job kind of because you graduated as a kind of like an engineer, Indian yeah, and industrial the, designer. That's what I am. Industrial. So you know, and then how did the acting come apart? Because uh, you ended up joining I like just a tribute. Fell into or, it. it was just another job. I needed money to pay the rent. Uh, Carl Gottlieb was my uh, room. I graduated as industrial designer. I my I didn't want to go to college. My parents wanted me to go to college. I'm a good son. I'll go to college. So they say pick out a college and you can go. I said, well, I want to go out of town. You can't go out of town. You have to be here so we can get to you. <laughs> that was the one thing I didn't want to happen. So I said, no, I want to go out of town. She said, well, that's going to be difficult. We have to pay a lot of money. Uh, you're out of town. So we're going to have to judge whether you can go, you know, pick a college and we'll tell you. So I picked a lot of colleges and said, no, you can't go there. You can't go there too much, too far, whatever. And then finally I got to Syracuse and I saw industrial design and I saw design, not industrial so I thought, oh, that's an art school. So I thought, well, that's uh, upstate. That's kind of close. So I said, what about Syracuse University Industrial Design? Now, my father knew exactly what that was. That was a career. So, you know, I could support him in his old age. So he said, oh, yeah, you can go to Syracuse. Industrial Design, that's fine. Because I wanted to go to art school. You know, this, this is art. That's my stuff. So uh, he said, fine. And I said, great, I'm going to art school. And when I got there, because I didn't do any research, I was, I was given, I was like, I was given everything, you know. Sounds I like was, me. I don't do research on shit. Yeah. <laughs> <Never>. So <laughs> it sounds like what? Sounds like me. I said, I, I never do research on, on anything. Yeah, yeah. So I never did. So when I got there, I found out that, oh, my God, industrial design involves not design, but calculus and engineering and math and whoa. But, you know, I said, oh, I'm a good son. I said I was here. You know, they spent a lot of money. I'll do it. So it was a five-year course, man. I just hunkered down and did it. But boy, was it hard. What's, uh, what's, the, what's the biggest? I thought, wait, wait. I thought coaches did in four years. So. <laughs> five. No, it's, it was five. No. Uh, industrial design is five years. It's an extra year. Yeah, it's a lot oh, of learning. Man. A lot yeah. of learning, Sam. <laughs> and I signed up for it because I thought it was an art school. So I said five years in art school, incredible. Boom. But I wouldn't quit. I don't I won't quit. I don't quit. What, what's, you know, and, and for actors, I would just assume that it's hard, especially if you're not really if you're not big in the scene, because you got to pay your own taxes, and if you only get roles here and roles there, it's probably pretty difficult, right? So what would you say? was one of your first biggest paychecks that you got where you you felt like I could do this. Maybe I could survive. And until escape my next from Alcatraz. Oh, escape from Alcatraz. That was my first big job where I thought, wow, I got, that was my first big movie. I mean, I never made a movie before. What's the checks on something Hollywood. like that? You know, you know, you give us a roundabout number. $35,000. Thirty-five thousand okay. dollars. 
And he didn't blow it like he wanted to. <laughs> uh, and I didn't blow it. No, one, no, yeah. I blew it on, on uh, my first film that I made myself, which was called Sally's Diner, which got an Academy Award nomination. Yeah. Right so on. the money was well spent. Right on. Has yeah, there ever he, been an actor that you wanted to act with that you have not yet had a chance to? I'm out. I'm out. I don't want to work <laughs> with I'm, I'm out, man. I don't, there's nobody I want to work with. They will, if yeah. somebody wants to work with me, right. fine. But I'm out. Um, I'm not retired. I'm just, I got out. I'm writing a book now. I'm writing books. I write books now. I mean, acting is too immersive. book's coming out soon, which I wanted the book before this episode because I wanted to read it. Oh, it's not out. It was supposed to be out by now, but it's not yet. Yeah, it's, uh, well, when it comes out, it's coming out in March. So give me a couple of months and I can come back, you know, and we'll talk about how it's doing. It's called That, That Guy. Is that the name of the book? That guy, because that's what I'm known on the street because of all the parts I've done. Is it? <laughs> hey, you're that guy. Hey, it's that guy. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, so I thought that's a great title for a book, man. Yeah, and that's what gave me the idea for the book. I go, that guy. Yeah. You know when I when I was talking to people about you coming on the show, I was showing pictures like, oh, that guy. That's that's literally what they said. That guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's such a great, a great title. I, somebody said that to me, oh, you know, you're, oh, you're that guy. And I thought, oh, that's a great title for a book. But then when I put the title on the book, everybody said, that's a great title. Uh, where'd you get that from? <laughs> well, people told me that. I, yeah. I don't know. Didn't have, yeah. So like, that's all natural. That's what that is. That's all natural. Yeah. That's what yeah, I have to right. live with. That guy. Do a lot, do a lot of actors have different personalities, um, like, cause you see actors, you see them do interviews, then you meet them in person or you're on a set with them. Is there anyone that you've met that is just completely different than who you thought they were going to be in person? Well, no, because, um, not that they don't exist or not that that's not true, but that I never saw both sides Either I was acting with them and I never saw them again, so that I saw how they are as an actor, or they were my friends and uh, I hung out with them, but I never acted with them. You know, that's you know, crapshoot about what jobs you get. So I had my friends are actors uh, because of of stage acting. Stage acting is, is a little more convivial, more friendly. Uh, I mean, not, not more, more friendly, but you get to see both sides you because you rehearse for a long time. Right. You, you generally, you know, can hang out with them later on because there's, because there's no difference in salaries and not that great. I mean, if I'm acting with Clint Eastwood, I'm not going to hang out with Clint Eastwood. He's got just too much money and too much stardom. I mean, I, I'm not at his level, uh, you know, but. If I'm acting with uh, Sam or or you, then yeah, we can hang out afterwards, and then not. Uh, but you're podcasters, so yeah, it's your official. Do people make friends? You ever seen someone make friends with somebody? Like, let's say there's just a side actor there who's just there for like whatever role they're going to play for five seconds, and then you have the main actor who's involved in the show or the movie. You ever see a friendship form? Or is there just, you're not supposed to talk to this person because they're so much better than you? Yeah, uh, the, it only happened really once. Well, maybe twice. Uh, with Penny Marshall and with um, Aaron, uh, uh, Aaron Paul. That years apart, Paul. two different t- type of things. But uh, Penny Marshall came up to the committee when I was in San Francisco, <laughs> stage actor, improv. And she saw me and she recommended me. So Penny Marshall, in a way, discovered me. She was the one who got me out of San Francisco. She wanted me to be a dance partner with her in a a Laverne and Shirley show. So this is when I was young and and beginning. So she got me an agent and uh, an agent. And I became an actor because of of her in Hollywood. Uh, She got me down to Hollywood. Through that show, I got other things. Okay. So the, the pay was good. So I figured I'd stay down here and it would be great. And I'd be a star. 
And then, uh, but there were certain roles and the dyslexia and ADHD and I have an attitude problem and blah, blah, blah. And I just want to be me, you know, and fuck the, the rest. And, uh, and I don't, I don't like to be manhandled. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but psychologically, you know what I'm saying? Psychologically. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, wait, this is going to go dark. This is going to go dark. Gonna, like, no, no. Man. So, so, <laughs> I, you know, I, so I didn't rise up through the ranks cause I wouldn't play the game. I mean, I'm not a game player, right? you know, I don't play. I just want to do my job and go home and you know, whatever. You so, seem very just kind of like a guy who's just bleh. you're just you're just you're just living your life. You're just acting, and you're just like if something good happens, it does. If something doesn't happen, you just take it with a grain of salt. Like fuck it, whatever. Not quite. No, I, I got you completely. I got you completely wrong. You're right. You kind of. Totally. I mean, kind of. Whatever. No, I mean, kind of. Okay. But but if you read the book, you'll see my life is not that at all. That's the problem. <laughs> I didn't read the book. Right. It's not out yet. <laughs> but yeah, so no, in other words, I go through long periods of time where nothing happens and that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't go out looking for trouble. However, if I do go out, trouble finds me <laughs> really fast. Well, I, mean, I know you're that guy, so it's going to find you. <laughs> and we try and we really really tried to find some controversy the the worst thing we found was the friends uh controversy uh of the reunion oh, well, the that's, new yeah, but see, that's why i never became a star because i do that kind of shit but that's not no i'm talking about yeah. look and it's in the uh it's not it's, a, it's well only one is but there's three yeah. times in my life where i said the wrong thing and i was going to be killed i'm being uh-huh. killed dead one with a knife and two with a gun. So, I mean, I don't look for trouble, but it shows up and I say the wrong thing. So, hmm. and From so it's a very schizophrenic life. It's not, it's not like this. Right. It's like this. And but I'm wouldn't you totally say life, life, wouldn't you say kind of life is like that? You get you, you, it's up and then it'll go down and then it'll go up. No, no, because that's how my life is. is. Your life is like this, right? That's what you just said. My life right. kind of like this, right? And your life is like this. <laughs> my life is like this. Oh, okay. In other words, I've been I, like when I wrote a book, I locked myself, and also it was during COVID, so it was about a year and a half ago that mm-hmm. I wrote the book. But it was COVID, so I just sat in the house and I wrote. No bother, no, you know, fine. So I'm sitting in the house for three months, and I'd go out for supplies, and I'd have coffee with somebody. You know, you need a little human contract. Well, once in a while, I'd go out. But basically, for three months, I did nothing. Nobody knew I was alive. So I wrote, because that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. But then when I go out, you know, then 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 that's when... I say the wrong thing, or I hook up with the wrong people, or I go for the wrong ride, or I do that. I do that all the time. Or I hit somebody, you know. <laughs> I'm always hanging out with the wrong people, saying the wrong things, and I have a podcast. I constantly say the wrong things. Like when I said you're like this, you're like no, not really. I'm like yeah, well, fuck. I just screwed. I just screwed that up. No, no, yeah, no, because 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 me sitting here talking to you for the half hour or however long we're talking about, yeah. you would get that impression. I understand it totally. That's true because th- there's a whole. Th- that's right. We only get a snippet of our guest in their life, and I can only compare you to what I see for the last forty five right. minutes. So what we were talking about, you know, Laverne and Shirley, Penny Marshall, and uh, uh, Aaron Paul. Uh, Aaron Paul. Well, with, with Laverne and Shirley, because we rehearsed a lot, we became friends, but we never worked together, and I never hung out with her. We would just we, we became real people in rehearsal. That that was all. I saw, you know, Penny Marshall, hey, let's do this, let's do this, well, how about that, blah, blah, blah. And we were, you know, it was two of us alone on the stage. And when we were just two people, and I thought, this is the way art is done. It's creative, it's sharing. Okay, that's one thing. Paul, uh, Aaron Paul is years later, well, on, the, on the end of my time in Hollywood, when I was doing Breaking Bad, and I had a... a, a, a I don't know where it happened. Um, I, I think it was in the movie, uh, um, El Camino. Okay. Yeah, Breaking okay. Bad movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, 
I had a lot of time uh, because I, I only had that one scene to walk around, to drive the truck up, walk around his stolen car, and then get in and drive away. So it was only like uh, maybe two hours of shooting, mm. but I had to be there the whole day. So I hung around where Aaron Paul was shooting, which was on a set. So in between shots, me and Aaron would talk in between his shots, between him working. And we, we, we you know, and then we started to laugh together and talk and just be friends. And then he said, hey, let's do a movie together. And I thought, yeah, that's cool, man. Let, let's do a movie together. So th that's kind of been up in the air. We never got together after that. But for that whole day, we were just buddies. You know? Is there, is there, is there a favorite film that you've done that you really enjoyed and you watch maybe I don't know. There's some that's that you. Well, there's a there's a lot for different reasons. Some the parts, some the director, some where we were. Uh, Escape from Alcatraz was a trip because I was there for three months, and the director was like my grandfather, man. I mean, we were just a family, you know. Just uh, I, I was like his, or like an old uncle, right? Because he would just I would just hang around with him, and he would treat me like a grandson, not like a friend. He would treat me like a grandson, like he would he would chastise me or he would put me on or because I, I would always be in costume. He's I always, always talking shit. He's chastising me all day over here. This well, guy. Yeah, but it was it was friendly, he had white hair and he was shorter than me. So yeah. there's a difference. <laughs> you know, uh, I would so I would love to see a movie i'd love to see tommy chong we will soon have on i'd love to see larry and tommy do a movie or that would some be good. kind I think that'd of be good. art together well what do you okay think, larry? i mean that's that's fine but we'd also have to get along together and you can't predict that i mean you know we'd have to get along yeah that that's the important thing not that you would like to see yeah I, you would like to see blah 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 and blah blah but can that happen and once they get together, there's no predicting. So uh, I don't go by that. I, I go by either if you pay me enough, I'll act with anybody. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? I'm I'm not fucking pay me, bro. I'm not doing yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, and I'll, you know, I, I, I spent my younger years, 15, 20 years Trend. with my parents, you know. Is, is there a I lot of along with Tommy there... Chong. Come on. Is it, he, he seems like a laid back guy. You seem like a laid back guy. You guys probably yes, get along. Yes. I don't know. I don't think you guys are killing each other. No, no. I mean, knives and guns. No, but it's up to me. I'm a laid back guy. It's just that I get into situations where I could be killed. Is, know, there, is, there, is there an actor you do not want to work with? Or or you're like, I never want to work with that guy. He's not going to say that. He's not going to say that. You don't know. He might say it. Like fuck this guy. Yeah, Sebastian. Sebastian. <laughs> you don't work with me. Yeah, yeah, there is an actor. <laughs> okay, that's. A... <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of his name. See, I, I, it even shuts it shuts his name down. Um, yeah. What role? Uh, oh, Adam Sandler. Oh, Adam, Adam Sandler. Oh. You wouldn't. You, haven't you worked with him in the past? Yeah, and, and you so, go, what's wrong with Adam Sandler? What you know? My dad doesn't care for he's, him. Uh, he's a uh, he's not a good guy. He's not he's a good asshole. Guy. He's not a good. Yeah, he's guy. like she's, you. I, no, I'm not an asshole. Yeah, I'm, I'm he's, just, he, he's 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 rude. Is he? Yeah. He has no social. Uh, he hangs around with his gang. You know his his. Is sycophants. I, I yeah. don't respect anybody like that. Yeah. Has he done anything to you personally that you just didn't care for? I, I sure. Would, yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. That's why I'm saying what I'm saying. You know. <laughs> exactly. It wasn't, I, it wasn't I, like he I, just I, made this up. I'm trying to get it out of him, okay? I'm trying to get it out of him. <laughs> just being being around him, he's, he's just a rude person. He has no social... Period. I don't know. He, he, yeah. if, if you either do it his way or, or you're, you don't exist, I guess. I don't, I, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, I would, I don't get along with him. I, uh, from the, from the minute I met him to the things that he's done, you know, like, uh, okay, well, I'll give you a, a 
a very soft one. I won't give him a okay, hard we'll do one. Okay, I'll one. give you a soft one. Um, he called me after the movie was over. Yeah, months and months, maybe a year after the movie. He called my and he said, because he does respect me as an actor. I know that. Sure. He's even, but he, uh, so he called and he said, he's, when is Larry available? Uh, my brother is making a movie and I'd like Larry, uh, I'm going to recommend Larry do the movie. So is he available for this week in New York City? And I was in Hollywood. So that was the message. Is Larry available to fly to New York City to be in my brother's movie? I want to recommend him. And uh, I said, well, I'm on a movie now. I, I was on a movie, but it ends tomorrow. So he said, yeah, he said, can, you, can he fly here tomorrow? That was the request. Can he fly to New York tomorrow to see my brother? So I said, wow, I'm on a movie now, but how about the next day? Because tomorrow is my last shooting day. Mm-hmm. But I can catch a plane in the morning and I can be there in New York. And Adam, my, so my agent called him and said, how about the next day? And he said, no, nah, forget it. And that was it. And I thought, man, I don't want to. Okay, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Adam for calling and inquiring, but your turn down was just a little too weird. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll use the yeah. word weird instead, but that was just one of many things that happened while making the movie, but that kind of thing where it's on and off. It, 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 there's no, he's a, I don't get his transitions or, or how he deals with people. He's just rude. I mean, that's, yeah. the, that's the best thing I can say about it. Maybe some people get air. Now, now, here's what I've just done. I'm, Adam owns Hollywood. He can get any movie made. Right now, as we talk, right, Adam right. is a big fucking star. As big, or maybe not, or maybe <laughs> bigger than Clint Eastwood. And I'm not kidding right. around. Really? I'm not making that up. As far as power behind the, the scenes. Okay. You know, yeah, getting a movie, a green-lighted movie, no sweat. Uh, but, so I, I give him his, you know, his props, but I, I just, uh, I, so, so I, I, guess, I guess what I was saying is, this may hurt me in the business, what I just told you. Because he, he's that powerful. It's like me dissing Clint Eastwood. Or dissing, I don't know, who's a star. I don't keep track. You well, know. we can edit it. So. Well, let, let, <laughs> no, no, no. Let, I mean, let, you know, let, I got to own it. I mean, if let, I said it, let's I say it. I only have one viewer, anyways. So I think we'll be. I think. I think we'll be okay. We get one listener every, yeah. every once a year. Just, we get one listener. It, it happens and it's just Adam his wife. It's well, it's Adam Sandler. Actually, he's the only one who listens to my podcast. No, no, no it's, it's my wife. And but I, I've actually heard the same thing uh, in St. Louis when he was filming over there. Uh, I, I, there was a lot of. Um, actor friends that were involved in that uh, movie and they said it's not as nice as I thought he was going to be now granted he's got his and um, so you're not saying anything that's hidden there's a lot of things hidden in Hollywood that we all know they've been out there from the that's the kind of I mean uh, there's no dirt on me but that's the kind of you know who does he not get along with in my ear the whole time and no one said anything about that thanks what's that what is I had a cigarette in my ear it? the whole time. A cigarette. Oh, I didn't know it was in my ear. I didn't know it was in my ear. So I just looked at myself finally. I'm like, oh crap. Got one of those in my ear. Um I, I want to play the friends clip real quick. Let's talk about friends okay. and then we'll get you out of here. Um cool. this is, I got things to do, man. Huh? What? I know. He's I got, got artwork. I got places got to art. go. I got trouble God. to find you. That's right, Let's Sebastian. Play this- this is where you are. I think you're going to be Chandler's roommate, I believe. Oh, yeah. I like yeah. that. I yeah, like okay, that. Just a little a less thing. than a minute long. Here we go. No, no. Mr. Heckles, no one is making any noise up here. You're disturbing my oboe practice. <laughs> you don't play the oboe. I could play the oboe. Then I'm going to have to ask you to keep it down. Who are you? Hi, I'm Eric. I'm going to be Chandler's new roommate. I'm Chandler's new roommate. I don't think so. I could be Chandler's new roommate. But he told me over the phone. He told me in person. 
That's weird. Well, I'm going to uh, go into my new apartment now. Then? <laughs> that was a pretty funny scene, and the way you reacted to that, uh, it must have been great working with the on the set of Friends with all those people. Everyone on that set seems like I've seen interviews with them and stuff after after the show, and everyone seems like a pretty okay person. I don't know; I don't have experience with them. What do you think? They're okay. I mean, right. you know, I didn't get along with them. I don't get along <laughs> with anybody. Yeah. I'm surprised. He didn't get along with that. He's that a. I agree with you a hundred percent. I agree that yeah, I'm a surprise you even got along, got along with us, especially with yeah. no, I, I didn't have any contact with them uh, much. I mean, you know, you're re- rehearsing, you got to, you know, blah. But no, I mean, uh, I, I mean, my my whole uh, process, acting process, is I show up, I get in my costume, and I go on, I rehearse, and then I. And I do the show, and then I go home. He just does his job. He's just doing his job. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, because, yeah like- because it's a it's a job to me, and that's not and that's not my life. That's not my show business. Is not my life. Right. Th- that's the whole point. Show business is their life. That's yeah. not my life. And it's I think Larry's show. delivery of everything. Larry's delivery of everything is what makes the whole comedy bit. I know. Because like I said earlier, he's just so, he's just there. He's just doing his job. And like I said earlier, just kind of like, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I was right. I am right. I say I'm right. You are right. Yeah. You said I was wrong, but I think I was right. (laughs) I think I I was right. Well, Larry. We do want to thank you for coming on and sharing some of your stories. Because a lot of people don't get these stories out, out of you guys. So. You know, we, we appreciate you coming on and sharing these. Oh, no, it's uh, any time. Well, when the book comes out, you know, give it a chance we, to uh, circulate. And then I'll uh, I'll come back. You guys are, I, you guys I, are pretty cool. No, I was trying but to that's, be. <laughs> that's, that's here. I, I am, but not. Yeah, that's, <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're cool out on the street. I'm a truck driver. So okay. you're in the back of a truck in a dim. Oh, great. Today, okay. So, yeah. can, I can relate. That's to where that. I'm at. I did want to ask you before we get off here, what's your next step? What's besides the bulk book book? Is there anything else, any films that are coming out or that you're maybe working on? No, I mean, I got a friend up in Wisconsin, Kyle, uh, and he's going to direct a movie that I'll be in. So I, I said I'd be in that movie and, and it's, uh, it's a lot of words and I'll have to, you know, work on memorizing it, but I, I like him and I like the script and I like the part. So tell me, give me a, tell me to give me a couple words in there. I'll and bands don't bands don't forget. Uh, we 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 interview a lot of bands on this podcast. Bands don't oh, forget. Larry's right. been. In, he's he he was not only he was in a band. Uh, was I? No, I wasn't in a band. Ah, it's a different Larry Hankin. A, a, a skull band. What, what is what is what is Sam? What what are you Sam? What are you so, what are you so, referring? So, so, okay. to? So so let, let me let me let me set this story real quick. Okay. Before you got on, Sam's like because most of our podcast is mostly rock musicians, okay? That's what we normally interview. Actors and stuff is kind of a newer thing for us. I normally talk oh. to heavy metal guys and punk rock dudes. That's kind of my oh, thing. That's oh. I am, okay? Well, I used to open for all those rock bands. Okay. I mean, during well, the 60s, every famous rock band in the world I, I opened for. Oh, well, Sam, well, Sam's like, I think Larry Hankin was in a ska band. And that, but he goes, oh. but I'm not sure because there's two Larry Hankins, but your picture is the one I guess on this whatever he was researching, Sam? If you want to, because I didn't research it, Sam. Oh, he's uh he's cutting out. He's in his truck, so his Wi-Fi is kind of getting bad there. Uh, but yeah, so we don't talk bands. And he was like, ask if he was in a band. I think it was in the ska band. I don't even know if you if you know what ska is. Yeah, I do, but no, I wasn't in trumpets a band. And you never so. So that's why he wanted to ask the band question. Is oh, because oh, oh, okay. we are a rock and roll. For the most part. Oh, that's why the loud spot. I got it. Now. We're loud, man. And my, I think my first actor I ever interviewed was Lou Ferrigno. And oh, wow. uh, I was, I'm horrible. I'm just not good at talking to actors. I'm getting better at it. But you talk, I could talk music all day long. I play, I'm a drummer. And oh, I, right. I, you know. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. 
Well, well you're, yeah, you're, as far as my interview with you is, you're fine. You're great. I'm diversifying. I'm, I'm learning a little bit. Oh, let me switch this here real quick. So, but yeah, so that, that, that's the whole, that's the whole thing that, uh, he was talking about, but I love your stories. I thought they were fantastic. Uh, very thorough. I hate when people come on, they don't talk at all. And that's really hard on me, but you did, you did great. So I'm happy that you were on the show. Um, yeah. And if you do that movie and when your book comes out, I do want to read it. I want to buy it. I would also probably want to send it to you for an autograph. If that's okay. Cool. We'll talk cool. about that later. That's I stay right there an hour long already. So stay right there till after the outro song plays. I do want to thank everybody that is involved with the podcast. Thank you to Pantheon podcasting network. Also want to thank my producer, Sam. I want to thank Larry Hankin for spending his mid morning with us out there <laughs> in California on the show. Um, and subscribe to my stuff. I mean, I'm not that great, but I'm all right. That's all the time we got. Larry, please stay right there. Peace out. Rock on. And much love. This is the loud spot outro by Nothing Short of Tragic. Is this all talk with no action? No. Is this my thoughts with distraction? No. Is this what I bought that's in fashion? Or is this the loud spot with Sebastian? Yes. Does Nothing Short of Tragic have his back again? Yes. Does everything that's good really have to end? A pin post has a pin show, so to get more episodes, make an order. This is over. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.